You're listening to the Dive Bomb Podcast. G'day and welcome to episode 39 of the Dive Bomb Podcast. And we're coming up on a huge milestone, episode 40, and it'll be our Canadian Grand Prix race review coming up next week. But we're here to briefly chat about Baku and then give a nice preview for the uh, weekend in Montreal that, again, as we've talked about, we'll be going live to, and we could not be more excited. So we waited a little bit to get the Baku review out of the way, but we definitely wanted to uh, do a nice preview for you guys this episode uh, for Montreal and for the Canadian Grand Prix. Yes, and make sir. sure you stick to our socials because we're going to be posting lots of stories and making lots of posts and being pretty active there this weekend because we will be on site. So, boys. Boots we, on the ground. Boots on the ground. James, you uh, you, you uh, horned up? You ready to go? Oh, yes. Are you up? It doesn't, it doesn't feel real that we're going. Are you bringing your little mini helmet so you can no. see? <laughs> no, I'm not bringing the mini helmets. They're staying here. I think I'm bring a, a couple cards, yeah. See if, but uh, I don't think we're ever going to run into them. Never Let's, know. If we're oot on the tune. You never know. He might show up to the Mexican restaurant. That we if have. we're oot in a boot. Or he might go to the Mad Hatter. Yeah, Checo might show up at the Mad Hatter, but honestly. If anything, uh, Lance Stroll might. Yeah. You never know. Or the Mexican place, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> And Varun, you're uh, excited as well. You guys will yes. be driving up together, and then I'll be meeting you down there. Yep. But we got a got a full convoy. Oh, I guess I shouldn't use that word anymore. It's time to <laughs> Canada. We'll be going as a a marching band. <laughs> yeah, mar- <laughs> marching band up the the four seventeen over to Montreal. But yeah, we got a whole crew going. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned before on the podcast, but it's not just us three. Your co-hosts going. We have a group of ten diehard F one fans. Um, Invading the town of Montreal. Invading the town. It's going to be a record-breaking weekend, and uh, if anyone else is interested on a, a longer preview of the Grand Prix, I was able to be featured on the DNF1 podcast this week, so I went on uh, midweek this week to talk everything uh, Canadian Grand Prix. So if you're uh, really excited for it like we are and want to hear more after listening to this episode, you can definitely go check out the DNF1 podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I think I had some good takes on there, so I'll make sure uh, to send you boys a link too. You can tell me if my takes were any good. I'm sure you'll hear a lot of them today as well. But Latifi and the points. Yeah, we we shot all over Latifi and Stroll. Like <laughs> it was too obviously. Well, the then two, I don't like your takes. The two guys were from, <laughs> the two guys are from London, and uh, they both apologized to me for like their takes on Lance and Nikki, and I was just like, you do not have to apologize to me. At oh all. man, speaking of those two, I hate how like. I mean, obviously it was obligatory, but in the TSN hype videos for the Canadian Grand Prix, it's just those two features those two. all over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, we need some better Canadian talent, but you know what? Maybe one day we'll be driving the Canadian Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. All it takes is us to see the cars up close live, just figure yeah. out how they do it. We'll know how to drive we'll them. We'll know, yeah. exactly. You just but just why do we have 10... watching. Yeah, well, why do we have 10% of the grid and they're both ass yeah um, at least Latifi's like well, good we know why we know why they're asses because I was also curious, I was talking to them about it on the podcast too uh just to give a little uh tidbit of what we talked about we talked about like why isn't there a Latifi grandstand if there's like a <laughs> I thought there was uh, I don't know maybe, maybe. better be uh, grandstand six like I, I said there but um so yeah we're gonna be checking it all out this weekend as I mentioned so uh yeah check us out we're gonna be You'll be able to see our faces probably. We'll put make a couple videos, do a little boots on the ground reporting. 
yeah. from uh, from the uh, circuit the, de Gilles Villeneuve and the quality of the stories slowly go down as the night goes on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might get some bar uh, behind the scenes uh, shots, and uh, yeah, we just could not be more excited. We're gonna be talking about it a bunch in this episode. So without further ado, though, boys, let's just let's just do the little quick race review of Baku. Um, can't get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, I can't get a race to review. We do have a race review, and it was a lot of hype around Baku this year, I think, because of, like, where it sat in the calendar. Like, we kind of had some sleepy races, and then we looked to Baku as one that might be a little bit more exciting. But, uh, you know, to, to put it in a nutshell, it, it, a lot of the drama was also sucked out of that one. Uh, you know, due, due in large part to the Ferraris having another tough weekend. And the episode title here will, will, uh, I came up with is DN Ferrari. Uh, coming off the F of DNF, so uh, do a little. Just always creative here. Just how, I was gonna say, how much did DNF one pay for the plug? They did, I was gonna say first the plug in the episode and in the title. Wow. Geez. Well, you know, they might they might send me a couple Carlsberg. <laughs> uh, but yeah, great guys over there. I had a good time on their podcast, and I also said uh, to Adam that he's the main host of DNF one and uh, that he should come on when we do our British uh, preview or review or whatever we want to do. So we can get some insight from him. Um, but yeah, so let's talk Baku. Um, I, yeah, I kind of already summed it up there, but we'll talk about the weekend briefly. Um, obviously the circuit itself, like what do you guys think? What were your guys' opinions on it? Like coming in for me, it was just like, we looked at last year, obviously the tire failures were a big storyline. So mm-hmm. this year with the new Pirelli's, the new cars we were hoping that that wasn't going to be the case and you know thankfully it wasn't really this weekend but the circuit as a whole is just like such a cool look with um you know the castle section and the big yeah, long, long straights the speed trap being one of the fastest on the calendar uh so going into the weekend uh looking forward to that obviously we didn't get to watch too much of it together it was a pretty busy weekend last weekend but um <clears throat> what we've talked about in, in episodes leading up to this is, you know, that we've seen Ferrari be the top car on quality day and then their race car being uh, mediocre. So for me, that was what I was, you know, expecting. I don't know if I'll be expecting that the rest of the season with how everything turned out. But, um, but yeah, Baku, just a beautiful track. And uh, we're really excited to get racing there. We thought, you know, if we get a battle here, it's going to be a lot more interesting than Monaco on a street circuit. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the circuit for me is just almost all the excitement. Like, obviously the race has to convert on it, but when you think about Baku, you think about so many iconic moments that have happened there. Like, one, when we were first really starting to get into F1, you had the, from uh, Drive to Survive, the crash between Ricardo and uh, Verstappen that obviously happened there. Then you had Charles' iconic I Am Stupid uh, crash in that into, into the, the castle section. Yeah, in the castle section. Then you have Lewis uh, hitting the magic button, <laughs> going yeah. uh, going taking the escape road for sure. Uh, and then yeah. you also have Vettel getting brake checked by Lewis. Yes, like, that's what true. So many moments. You have you have uh, Daniel when he was with um, when he was Red with Bull. Renault backing up into uh, oh, oh Kvyat. Yeah, Kvyat. Yeah. And then you have Cyril being like just do a three point turn. No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, just so many funny things that have happened there. Like. 
nothing to do i mean technically i guess you could say those could happen at any circuit but i feel like they've all just happened to have happened to happen at baku well they have that unique it has that unique characteristic where like those runoff areas yeah. come in those 90 yes. degree turns yeah like this and weekend that, you had uh lando doing a five point turn yeah and then we had vettel come out of the turn and just have a beautiful a beautiful um flip turn i don't even know yeah. what to call it yeah to get back into the race and he barely lost any time um so yeah, I mean, we don't need to go through everyone in qualifying, I don't think. It was a lot of the same old, same old. We saw the Ferrari on top, the two Red Bulls behind, and then Carlos in fourth. I feel like he's if he's not on provisional, or if he is on provisional pull, you can pretty much guarantee he's going to start on the second row. Like He just hasn't really been able to convert his uh, provisional pulls this year. And then George just putting in Mr. Consistent top five. Uh, uh, the only thing that I will mention uh, when it comes to that midfield with the qualities in Baku that was a bit of a surprise is how well Alpha Tauri did. And we saw like the Red Bull power unit just be like on fire in uh, Baku and not literally, on not literally on fire. Like it was in Bahrain and Australia, but and for um, Ferrari. Uh, yeah. And for Ferrari, but the, uh, the uh, Red Bull power unit looks like, the one that if you were a team looking for a power unit to buy right now, you'd be uh, all in on, on the Red Bull powertrain. Um, so Pierre was in P6 to qual in qualities, which again is something we haven't seen in a while. I feel like we saw that a lot last season, but this season we haven't seen too much of it. It's supposed to be my dark horse. It's supposed to be your dark horse. Finally paying off. Could this still week. be. Could still be. I have him definitely to do well this weekend again, and then Yuki as well in P8, who's had a really nice year. He's definitely challenging Pierre for the first time and I think honestly for me he's a little early like I didn't expect him to be this uh close to Pierre and even beating him in qualies uh and in the race sometimes as well uh so that's my honorable mention for um for qualies and we didn't have too many incidents incidences uh you know I watched a lot of the F2 stuff this weekend and they had a lot of incidents that uh, caused red flags and barrier repairs and whatnot. But in a track where we normally see a lot of that happening in uh, the F1 side of things as well, we didn't really see too much of it. Uh, we got delays in the F1 uh, qualies from an F2 incident, but nothing in F1 that really um, was too, too bad. And considering how dangerous a lot of the stuff that happened last year was, it was kind of good to see you know, uh, sessions without red flags and stuff like that. So getting on to the race, um, we were looking for that battle at the top. We were in, we were set up for a really good battle, right? We had Charles P one and then the two red bulls behind and the whole, the whole talk going into Sunday is like, again, how much better of a race car is that red bull than the Ferrari? And that's going to be what decides it on a Sunday. Uh, so James, I'm going to go to you on the first one here. Like how being a, a Max fan, being a Red Bull fan, like how good does it feel to know that like the race car that they have is clearly just on oh. rails right now, like just on point. As long as it just doesn't die before the end of the race, like they went. It's as simple as that. <laughs> well, yeah, they're it's like, just as long as it's it stays it's a alive. Of the fittest they, right now, really. They, their car is just. Like, Ferrari can only seem to put it together over a, one lap now, mm -hmm. over the last few. And, like, Charles is doing that quite confidently with authority. But then when it just comes to the race, they just, like, either they make their own mistakes 
strategy wise, Charles goes into the wall. Where, what race was that? Where he actually like spun out and finished Imola. like P six Imola. Imola. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It was on the home circuit, or it's just like they just the the car dies. Yeah, it's they been... they. They and just it's don't, one of those they, things they where like, overlap and nothing else. At the start of the year, we were like, oh, is Red Bull going to have these issues? Oh, the yeah, year, that right? was the main concern So after the first three. So right now, uh, you know, the big question is, is how quickly can Ferrari turn this around? Like, how quickly can Ferrari, like, get on top? Because we know their car is fast, but is it is it fit? Is it, you know, does it have the endurance to go with the Red Bull? And right now, the answer is clearly no. So, yep. you know, coming, it's a tough time to be able to be doing that as well. Like, I think Red Bull, if I remember correctly, like, they at least had a couple weeks between races where they were able to, like, go back and figure mm-hmm. out what the problem was. But here, we're going from Baku to Canada, similar track characteristics, uh, and we're looking at... And then you have another fast circuit right after Silverstone. Silverstone as well, yeah. And we're looking Damn. at... Um, we're looking at, you know, overheating issues. In Canada, I feel like a lot of people are talking about... The weather being it's actually hot. supposed to be cold this weekend. Well, it's funny because like the the F one news is like talking like oh like they're gonna have to worry about the hot temperatures in Canada and we're just like sitting here because the last time the race yeah. was in Canada in two thousand nineteen it was hot it like it was like thirty really some degrees it typically hot. is but this yeah. weekend's supposed to be it's actually really be perfect but it's like, like twenty one degrees it's yeah, yeah perfect yeah exactly like overcast sunny breaks but. Um, it's funny to say that because like the trend of the weather like we've had such a shit June like, oh, we've yeah. had like in this area too we've had like well, overcast days rain we've had tornadoes there's literally a tornado like, warning for Montreal for tomorrow yeah so, <laughs> so like hopefully the fucking race even gets set up in time for yeah tornadoes. imagine if it gets delayed yeah. from a tornado I think they're outside of like the yellow zone they're in like the less likely oh, okay. zone but still I mean that would just be it just goes to I show would, nothing would surprise me at this point yeah. but again yeah. going back to the weather like it's it it won't be as much of a factor as it has been normally i think that's probably what they're referring to is like normally at this race at this time of the year like late june in canada yeah it gets very hot yeah contrary to popular belief we do have a summer so um, i mean i feel like for it's like usually we get our hottest days in like july and august though like we're not but this is pretty much july you're almost yeah. there yeah i guess so yeah and like i mean we i mean look at tomorrow here in ottawa it's like in the 30s so it's really just class canadian weather being like very uh hit and miss like all over the place it very well could have been 30 degrees mm-hmm. um for the race weekend but the fact that it's going to be wet for friday could be more of a challenge than anything like uh yeah just after, like if there's any challenges uh, i mean just setting up that's logistics on thursday when they ever uh, the whole like show break gets in the show hits the road the show hits the, gets here yeah and then uh friday for practice like who knows if, it, if that affects uh what they're able to test for the weekend obviously going to be different conditions um but yeah, Sunday look, looks like it should be relatively like dry and mild race, which will really like give you a good sense of where the cars are actually at because it's not weather playing a factor. But yeah, for sure. And and just to tie it back to Baku, like their yeah. whole issue was, uh, you know, and this is really the the storyline of Baku was overheating the Ferrari power unit. You know, yeah. uh, very early in the race, we saw Carlos DNF with an overheating issue. Uh, or I think it was a might have been hydraulics for him and overheating for Charles. But regardless, there's issues there with the power unit, and you know they're gonna like to know they're gonna like to listen to this because you know they listen to this and hear that it's gonna be cool cooler in <laughs> they're Canada. They're adjusting their strategy on the yeah pilot exactly. Like, like oh man, if I didn't listen to Die Bomb, we wouldn't have won this race this weekend. Yeah. Um, As if they dropped it on Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. this info a little earlier. Well, they didn't pay us enough to yeah. go uh, yeah. the next day, but. Anyways, no, I think it's just important. Like they're gonna, they're gonna like that. That that gives Ferrari for me and like again 
we always talk about it on this show for the for the betting money you see now it's like you know that car is good so if you're going to take a a flyer on ferrari it's better to take it knowing it's not going to be as hot like and they're not hopefully not going to have overheating issues and also it doesn't give them an excuse though because Mm -hmm. like baku i mean obviously they should be pulling excuses either way because um almost every other team was able to finish that race just fine well if you didn't have a ferrari power unit exactly yeah so yeah like like i said though it's it's an opportunity for them to redeem themselves in ideal conditions or like you said i should say but at the same time it's it's really no excuse like if they manage to put together a good saturday and don't convert it on sunday then it's like it's already really like a trend flag yeah but it's definitely a trend already but if they if it happens again then that's like it's almost like they've just fallen out of the fight because yeah um you went from charles leading the drivers to being well back like well and, and they were leading the constructors exactly. too and now they're 80 points yeah. behind yeah. that and just all those points they failed to convert on it's it's uh it's tough because it's not just it just hasn't been reliability issues it's also been strategic yeah strategy issues which are almost more inexcusable because definitely um because like it's fully human error that's causing those like the pit stops in monaco were just yeah brutal well, and so, that's not a power-hungry circuit where you're going to, like, worry about taking an engine penalty. And that's, yeah. that's a circuit where you think that getting the pole is... Uh, a sure, a a for sure, sure. Yeah, a sure bet. It's yeah. not um, even a sure podium to them. Exactly. Yeah. It should be a sure win. It didn't, he didn't even get on the podium. That's what I mean. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, you, you can put yourself back in the fight just as easily as you can take yourself out of it. Because mm-hmm. look at Red Bull, right? Like, we yeah. were talking about earlier. They, true. You just they, think that would be a hot stretch or two. You, they, they were a little bit different in the sense that they were winning every race that they ended up like dnfing when they were uh like max was on pace to win that race yeah and, yeah. and then basically had reliability issues with red bull you could or sorry with ferrari you could say it's a little bit different that they haven't necessarily been leading mm-hmm. they've been like in the fight definitely and then have have had these issues but it hasn't been like a sure win each time i would say no 100 percent. that's that's the thing is like if i was if i was a ferrari fan and obviously i'm a, a carlos fan but if i was a diehard scuderia it would be like or Tifosi, I should say, not Scuderia, but they're whatever. They they all they would be honored to be called all of that. Um, uh, if I was dire Tifosi, it's just like you, again, you're you're seeing this trend, and then you're also the one that's on the back foot already, like you just mentioned. But you're also suffering from the reliability issues. Like at this point, in the, if you're looking at the title race, like they would need a substantial amount of errors on the for, on the front of Red Bull. Because the the timing of the way they've t- way the way they've done it has been brutal, and like like we said too, um, when you make those strategy errors that also cost you points, like mm-hmm. Red Bull hasn't done that this year. Red Bull's nailed absolutely every strategy call they've made. So you look at the point the the gaps in points, and you say you say to yourself like, oh well, if both teams have suffered DNF problems, then they should be a little closer, but. You know, Ferrari's suffered the DNF problems. They've arguably not been the faster race car, and they have had shitty strategy calls. Yeah. So it's it's been a really tough year. Like, I mean, at the start of the year, if you were to go back and listen to, like, our race review for Bahrain, like, we were so high on Ferrari, and everyone yep. was, obviously. But it's so crazy to see, like, after... Only once. Yeah, after all these rounds that it's it's uh, changed so much. So um, back to back, as I made a little, a little joke or a little trip there was that if you had a ferrari power unit you did not have a good day and that's not just the main team but also the uh teams uh, the the teams that purchased the ferrari power units and so we had guan yu Zhou, who just has probably had outside of lewis hamilton has probably had the worst luck on the grid yeah like just dnfing every time so he dnfs after 23 laps and then k mag also with the ferrari power unit in his Haas had an issue 
And uh, we've seen a lot of him also having issues with, with uh, DNFing recently. So those two didn't finish. Back markers, not too much to talk about there. Um, Lance Stroll also didn't finish. Surprise, surprise. He uh, found the wall again in Baku. Not as bad as last year. Not as bad as last year, but he managed to do it twice in uh, very quick succession and call it a day. Um, and then obviously Latifi and last, he hasn't ran in the points all season. So that's not a surprise. Yeah, and Schumacher, I think, are the only two. To, Schumacher's to ran in the points, though. Yeah. Like, Latifi's oh, never yeah. been in a points position at gotcha. any point. <laughs> Which is, not uh, even during a safety car. Yeah, not even during, like, going long on a set of hards and not being down three laps. Like, I don't know. I think Mazman could give him a run for his money right now. Um, that's saying a lot. That is saying a lot. Um, so overall, like... Other points from Baku, I think we saw like the Ferrari power units as a whole, like not only suffered DNF wise, but also like the Alfa Romeo was never really on the pace. Um, and the Haas was, looks like they've taken a substantial step back when you look at those power hungry tracks. Um, couple interesting ones for me, Sebastian Vettel was the driver of the day, yep. P6, uh, and you know. The, it, to me, it point, puts more pressure on Lance coming home to Canada that he just watched Vettel go in that green Red Bull. And I made the joke on the DNF1 podcast that if, you know, they seemed to, the Red Bull uh, team itself, like Max and Checo, they've seemed to uh, solve the porpoising issue to a certain extent. Like they have it really well maintained yeah. right now. They have a really reliable car. They have a really fast car. So apparently if you just call it a red bull you will also do that like they're just you know the green red bull from uh, aston martin yeah Vettel seems to have the porpoising like relatively under control and a really relatively decent car like yeah. he's a, like obviously it's not a race winning car but from where we saw the aston martin at the beginning of the year like where we saw Vettel at the beginning of the year he would look defeated yeah he looks so defeated and to see him pull off like he had a really nice race this weekend and even with the one mistake that he had uh trying to overtake Ocon into into the uh, fourth corner and then zipping back around, he he still comes home P six and like I just said to bring it back to Lance Stroll, he's gonna be even more pressure on himself now because he just saw what his yeah. car can do, yeah. and uh, now he's gonna be like okay I better I better uh, do something this weekend. So. Oh exactly yeah I'm loving how Seb's been performing. I think he's gonna have a big weekend too. I think he's gonna have a point finish. Are you jumping on it with me? I should. Love that. Got 25 on it. Canadian. Three euros out there. Clearly the book. It's not as worse. a good shot happening too because it wasn't paying that well either. No, but it's not as, not as also, bad as... Seb's also done well historically at the Circuit Children of... Indeed. Uh, indeed, indeed. Um, I think he got his first points ever there. I want to say. I know, I'm not sure. I think so. Lewis got his first win ever there too. So I think Danny Rick as well. Oh yeah, yep. Danny Rick did as well. Yep. Uh, speaking of Danny Rick, he had a little bit more of a, a decent race... In Baku, he, him and Lando qualified uh, in Q2, which normally that's where Daniel's been falling, but Lando's usually gets up into Q3. Mm-hmm. So we got to see them start near each other. Um, I, I did make a point, too, uh, you know, that um, they're, he looked good, but they were also on opposite strategies, so it was hard to compare. Like, the, the hard tire looked like the better tire in Baku, and he started on the hards, and that was where they had the first moment in McLaren's garage where they were like, do we want to uh, swip, swap the drivers around to, mm-hmm. to, get, to attack the uh, Alpines ahead? 
And then later in the race, Lando was on the hards and they made the same decision. So at least it was nice that like, because we've seen times where Daniel starts on an opposite strategy and he still gets like destroyed by Lando. So mm-hmm. at least we saw some, uh, some, uh, good, good of come of that. And especially with, you know, last week we, uh, with the podcast, we talked in depth about his contract yeah. and there's been so much talk about his contract. So to see him at least have a decent weekend and finish ahead of Lando and P8 was uh, definitely good. So to wrap up Baku, we'll just talk, obviously, the Red Bull 1-2 with the Ferrari DNF was just an absolute joke. Like, what, listening to those messages where they were, like, telling Max to, like, slow down his lap time mm-hmm. to be, like, five seconds, five-tenths of a second faster so that he could, like... It was like he was in practice. Like, he's yeah. like, he out there, like, in practice by the radio Literally messages. just match getting, certain lap times and ma- stuff. Yeah, yeah ma- like oh, we don't want your... And then he's like, oh, no, I want to go a bit faster. Like, my tires might get cold. Yeah. It was just, like, such a, like, a showboating... Ferrari uh, just killed that race. Yeah, literally. Just deflated it beyond belief. So, exactly. And so we had the one-two, Max in front of Checo, and that was never in doubt either. Max looked like the faster man on yeah. track. Um, yeah. But... We also got a slipstream from Checo at one point. In the race? Yeah. Didn't, wasn't that a thing that... Uh, well, we were talking about it too that they came over the radio and told uh, Checo to give Max a slipstream. Well, they said like no fighting. I don't know. Maybe it's like when he gets the slipstream, don't fight him or something like that. But it was like relatively. I don't know, they just, yeah, yeah. just they knew he was faster, so they just let him through, and he ended up winning the race by I think like, yeah, twenty seconds from Checo. So he was clearly the faster guy. And then you there's one trivia question that there's only one right answer to, and that is. When both Mercedes don't finish, what car finishes on the podium? Sorry, when both Ferraris don't finish, what I think you just answered it. Damn it! <laughs> it's a Mercedes. That's well, the yes. answer. And, process of and anyway. another trivia question for F1 2021, 2022, 2021, or what year are we in? 2022. Which Mercedes finishes first? Uh, Nico Rosberg. George Russell. <laughs> Nico Rosberg. Sure, it's not oh Michael Schumacher. I mean, to be fair, I don't think Lewis has been beaten on track by a teammate this many times in a row, probably since ever. I don't even know if it's ever happened. Yeah, probably not. Like, with Rosberg, with Rosberg was still back and, and forth. Went, went yeah. Back and forth. And I, don't I think, think Rosberg had like seven wins in a row one time, and it, but it stretched over two years. Yeah, it, it, like it went from an ending of one season into his championship. Into the start year. of another. Yeah, it was like seven or eight straight wins. But yeah, having George do this on like not only qualities, it's race results too. Yeah, it's all around. Yeah, like he's been. It's he's impressive. Been it's what they've wanted from him for or sure. Been waiting for. Well, it's he's he's exceeding expectations. We talked yeah. about that last episode too. But driver of the year has got to be in the question for Georgie boy. Uh, so yeah, George P three with another podium. Uh, Max also um, sets a new record for most podiums by a Red Bull driver, I believe. Yep. So I think he has 66 now, so yep. he passes uh, Vettel. Sebastian. Or uh, most all. And he's 24. Like, this guy, this guy's a freak. He's such a good driver. And he doesn't look like he wants to leave Red Bull anytime soon. Oh, so. he's going to be there till he's, yeah, till he, he, they might rename the, the team Verstappen when he retires, like yeah, the Verstappen racing team, like he's he is their boy. So, um, yeah, comes home with an easy win, breaks another record at the young age of twenty four, and then we had Lewis, who an honorable mention to Lewis because he had a nice uh, recovery drive 
didn't necessarily have a great start. He also got double stack pitted into traffic. Mm-hmm. And I said on the DNF1 podcast when I was on it, it feels like every time I watch a race, Lewis gets pitted into traffic this year. Like yeah. his luck has been brutal. Whereas George has, has definitely had the luck with safety cars. And again, Lewis Hamilton doesn't just forget how to drive an F1 car overnight. It's just a matter of like George has had no mistakes. He's been consistent. They've put him on the optimal strategy because of that. Mm-hmm. And he just he just takes the money in the bank, and that's what he's doing. So. Top fives, baby. Exactly. So, um, I think he's only like sixteen points off of Charles. Let me look it up for you. He's very close, and uh, it's again, it's scary if you're a Tifosi looking at the standings right now because you started so hot. He is uh, seventeen points away from Charles, and he's fifteen points or sixteen points clear of Carlos in in P4. Fuck. Um, and even, like, from his teammate, like, Lewis, Lewis has 62 points He's and George 30. has 99. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, to have that is... Uh, that in itself, like, the Lewis mm-hmm. to George ratio. And I want to say it was, like, a hot take I made a long time ago, but it was also just, like, without any, like, backing. I was just like, oh, George is going to do better than Lewis in his first year in a Mercedes. Or, like, what if this happens? Uh, but the fa- seeing it happen is just crazy. And um, the last point I want to make about Baku, and it's you know imperative when we're talking about Lewis, is that porpoising and the the amount of pain that they went through with, mm-hmm. in Baku. And there's been a lot of talks in the last couple weeks uh, about the FIA maybe stepping in and like talking about maybe a minimum minimum ride height or something that would alleviate that porpoising, where teams are clearly giving up. Uh, performance they're they would have to right yeah. now they're not like mercedes is like i'm gonna porpoise yeah. but i'm gonna be faster than the mclaren exactly you know what i'm saying so i'm sacrificing my driver's health yeah like lewis is to get uh, that extra 10th or two lewis is 30 what is he 37 30 i want to say 36 i want to mm-hmm. say he's gonna have cte by the time this all well, mm-hmm. he was really complaining about his back which is interesting because oh. if you're a shorter driver like technically you shouldn't have as many like if you're shorter you should be already lower and like but speaking of that though is there any news about whether he's actually gonna race this weekend because he was uh questionable for i'm I'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure he is yeah Yeah, i don't think he he was quoted saying that he wouldn't miss it yeah i think yeah i got it would be an absolute shame if it would mm -hmm. but it was he was i think right after the race when he was in pain it was yeah there was also talks that like mercedes Mercedes like or Toto like told them to milk it so that they uh, would like yeah, implement Horner. something. Horner was saying that yeah. all the other team principals were just telling their drivers to milk it in yeah, the car. Because Red Bull's found this secret formula, like I said. But yeah. all you have to do is copy the Red Bull, like yeah. that'll do it. Just like, call yourself a Red Bull. It's exactly. Food. You don't even yeah, you don't it's even have food, to have dude. you don't even have to have the same power unit or anything. Like you just, just call paint yourself. your car blue. Honestly. Just or just like paint a small bowl somewhere yeah. on it. Maybe. Yeah, that's all it is. It's all uh voodoo, like you just said. Um, so yeah, Max has a commanding lead. Well, not a commanding lead. Sergio is pretty close in the uh, driver's standings. He's uh, 21 points off. So we still have that battle to look out for right now. And, you know, hard not to mention Checo being, he's always been strong around Baku. He out-qualified Max again in Baku. And just to see him up there is uh, really cool. He's definitely been the driver, like we've said in the past episodes, that has really came into his own in that new car in that new red bull and been closer to max than anyone we've seen like cl- like by a mile um so quick update going into canada and then we'll get into our our quick preview for the canadian grand prix 
We have the Constructors title, and like I mentioned, Red Bull now has an 80-point lead in the Constructors title race, and it's just going to be so hard to make up that ground if you're Ferrari, let alone you know anyone else on the grid, because mm-hmm. that's a large amount, and Red Bull's car looks bulletproof right now, so... You know, anything can change, and that's why we love this sport, and we can, you know, I thought myself, like, we're going to have to go back and start listening to some of our old podcasts and be like, these takes were so, like, because we have no idea, right? Like, we're just yeah. shooting the shit, but, um, yeah, let's get into the Canadian Grand Prix. First of all, I mean, Baku, obviously, the track's beautiful. Unfortunately, we didn't really get to see the racing. It's still one of my favorite circuits uh, to see, and it's really cool to watch uh, over a quality lap and everything like that, and uh, unfortunately, we didn't really get, like, a lot of great racing this year around there and we didn't get a lot of drama but it's still still a great circuit so uh hopefully it's just all the drama is being saved for montreal yeah. that's what i'm hoping mm-hmm. and hopefully right in front of grandstand 31 will be <laughs> some cool turns drama. eight and nine baby that's yeah exactly that's where we would be sitting so uh so yeah moving into the canadian grand prix this will be the 51st year i believe that the Canadian Grand Prix is being hosted and the 41st time it's being hosted in Montreal. So uh, pretty cool. You know, we're going to a track that has so much history. So many people might look at us and be like, oh, they're like Driver Survive era fans, like they know, whatever. But we are all in Friday to Saturday, Sunday. We are going to be there absolutely like trying to lick the track. Like we're just going to be, <laughs> we're just going to be like, I don't even know how to explain. Like we're, we are so diehard. It's going to be, uh, you know, an expensive weekend, but for me, like, this is something we're never going to stop doing. So I'm super excited to be uh, getting to the Circuit de Gilles Villeneuve and seeing everything. You know, during Friday, we'll hopefully get a chance to, like, walk around and see the whole track mm-hmm. during practice instead of sitting in just in our seats. And, you know, to walk down and see, like, the, the bridge and walk to the bridge where we see the straight and them coming down the straight is going to be epic. Seeing the wall of champions is going to be epic. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have the GoPro, so going to just collect a bunch of memories for what we're going to see. And I could not be any more excited. Um, an interesting fact that I read was in 2005, the Canadian Grand Prix, this is 2005, so this mm-hmm. isn't, like, I would argue that F1 is way more popular now than it was in 2005, like by, I don't know by how much, but by a lot. Uh, it was the third most watched uh, sport in North of, or in the world, sporting event in the world behind what two events? Can you guys tell me? Like single event? Single day event. In 2005. In 2005. It was the third most watched sporting event. Super Bowl? Super Bowl. Is I was going to say, Super Bowl has to be won. The World Cup was that year. You have so. to th- but you're on the right track. You have to think worldwide, right? Like, yeah. not just America. Cricket World Cup. No. Good uh, guess, but I'll give you each one more. 2005. What happened in 2005? I mean, it, it happens every year, this thing. this the, It's like the Super Bowl. It happens every year. The Champions League final? Champions League final. You oh, for damn. League final. Nice guess. So, three uh, number three behind it in 2005. So, wow. this goes to show, like... How what was the attendance number? Did you remember? I, I don't remember the number. I just remember reading that that stat, and it was like, holy! That that shows that like, if you're an F one fan, like this is one of the races yeah. you're. I gonna wonder what the watch. title fight was like at that point because you're saying specifically the, the Canadian Grand Prix was. So it must have been because Schumacher was a. Uh, well, Raikkonen won it that year, oh, so. Yeah. Oh, he won the Grand Prix that year. I should say. You mean the, the title? It would have been no, Fernando. He won, 
Oh, he the won Canadian the title. Grand Sorry, he won the... 2005, he won the race. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who won it in 2005. Should be Fernando. Was it Fernando? Yeah. Should be. There must have been a, a title fight going on that Was year. it Schumacher? Schumacher was still there in Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. I think that might have been... He, he won like a bunch of years in a row, then took a little break, then won a few more years, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Either way, I'm, I'm sure there must have been some sort of a... Like implication for the title or something that was happening that weekend mm-hmm. for the month the Canadian Grand Prix to be that like I mean obviously it's a popular race but yeah. to be that high profile there must have been something yeah another bit of history that happened at the Canadian Grand Prix and we you know we've been fan of the sports since uh, 2020 and ever since then we've always had like the limit so like if a, a race can't go any longer than I think it's two, two hours, hours after yeah. the first lap. One of the races this year had... Like, had the timer, yeah. yeah. It was Monaco. Um, yeah, so Monaco. that rule was implemented because 2011 Canadian Grand oh, Prix yes. was a wet the race. Right, right. And it went so long. I don't remember how long. It was like over four hours. Yeah, yeah. it was a ridiculous amount of time. And that was like kind of the last straw yeah. before... I think there's there's a lot of famous clips that like uh, tend to get replayed every now and then on uh, F1's Instagram page and stuff like that. I think Massa would have been racing at that time, right? Obviously. In 2011? 2011? Uh, yes. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. I think there's one of him just saying, like, you cannot see at all. And then they cut to his, like, onboard camera, and you just, like, see nothing in front of you. Yeah. And they were driving around, and it was ridiculously wet. Like, I think Seb, I remember, too, was talking about how insane it was. Was that the race that um, Seb went off in front of uh, in front of uh, Jensen? Yep. Yeah, yeah, Jensen. And then they were like, sh- oh, yeah, because that was the Yeah. He is human, which just goes to show how invincible Seb was back then. Like that, they, yeah. He Pole literally could wins. do no wrong, but the opposite of Leclerc, Paul wins. Exactly. I'm trying to get the uh, exact time of it, but the fact that it took that long and then they finally implemented the rule. It's like, yeah. could you imagine being out there in the wet? You like, you know, you just have to finish X amount of laps. Like, there's no time frame. Exactly. And you're like out yeah. there for four hours. Like, it would absolutely be insane so um yeah really cool a lot of history basically is what we wanted yeah. to say at this track the track itself looks absolutely epic on an island we're gonna find our way around uh really excited to get our footing there and like i said check us out at uh at dive bomb podcast on instagram to make sure you can see uh what we get up to on the weekend and without further ado let's chat about what we think's what we think's gonna happen I mean, we haven't seen a race here uh, in the modern age mm-hmm. or in the super modern age. Obviously, like 20, 20, 2019 was the last time they were there. And uh, when I say modern age, I mean like in the last couple of years, I guess, uh, because, you know, we've seen a lot of changes with the regulations. We've seen a lot of changes as, you know, clearly Mercedes is not just blowing everyone away anymore. So um, how are we feeling? What are we feeling for this weekend? We got 70 laps. Uh, and we have again like a lot of history here. Lewis Lewis does well around here. Uh, obviously, he's not in his his world beater Mercedes anymore. Uh, and you know we talked about the Baku race, so we obviously have some storylines there. But uh, so I mean, on paper, if you're a betting man, you're probably gonna throw your money on Red Bull if you want some like guaranteed money. But we don't do that here. <laughs> well, James does, but <laughs> but uh, for me. I I mean it's not necessarily what I think is gonna happen. I gave my prediction on uh, DNF one as the top three being Max, Checo, Charles. So very fucking boring. We also need to go back to our predictions from the beginning of the year. Um, 
I'm not ashamed to admit it. I picked Carlos Sainz winning the Canadian Grand Prix. But you know what? Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. I have money on it, so, yeah, uh, so. I, if he wins in front of me his first race, I'm going to... You have to travel with him, be a groupie for the rest of his career. I might have to message him and yeah. be like, hey, man, like, I'm your most, you know, you're going to have to, I'll golf good with you, trip, like, yeah. it's all good. <laughs> yeah, replace, uh, replace, uh, very courageous of yours. His cousin. He'll replace his cousin with oh, you. Oh, I was going to say, he's, oh. he'll replace uh, Lando as his golfing partner with you, because they were golfing today. Well, Lando can stay with us, I think. He's all right. I mean, um, but he's been a bad luck charm, though, so. Yeah, true. Maybe, well, I wonder, they were golfing today. I wonder if they're golfing in Canada or not. No, I think they fly out tomorrow. That's what they oh, okay. They fly out the Thursday, but... Okay, yeah, I know a lot of uh, other drivers were coming in on uh, Tuesday, so some of them are here right now. Um, but, yeah, so I had my top three as that, and then I had my bold prediction that Lewis would finish in front of George as he has a lot of experience at this circuit, and I think he's due. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say he's finish, due. Like... <laughs> to finish in front of George. Uh, again, the gambler's fallacy to say that, but yeah. what are you guys thinking? Um, I mean, again, I think the obvious choice is like Red Bull's going to cruise here because it's only been a week since Baku. How is Ferrari going to pull it together so quickly? I think they're... Do you they're, think they can do it? Well, I think they're, <laughs> to to quote you again, they're due because mm-hmm. in 2018 or 2019, sorry, I would say they were arguably robbed of a win. Um I mean, it was close. It was, I wouldn't say Rob, but uh, they, they certainly felt like it. Seb, I, I don't even, I didn't even think it was possible to see Seb that mad. Uh, as I saw, we saw him in 2019 in Canada where he didn't even drive his uh, car to the, um, to the, like, I guess, podium park area. Park Ferme, yeah. Yeah, Park Ferme podium area for the, for the uh, podium finishers. And Lewis got booed, though. Well, Lewis, but also just, like, the amount of boos that came down from the crowd, like, when Lewis was talking on the podium. Yeah. And obviously, like, Seb stood up right away and was like, oh, don't boo Lewis. This is a, you know, boo the decision. Yeah. Um, and then kind of, like, walked off. But, well, like, that, yeah. that's that another was... another good point, too, is, is yeah. how how big the Tifosi contingent is in Montreal. Like, they, it is just, like, for whatever reason, it's just a Ferrari... Yeah, city. Uh, I saw I guess, their party on their party poster, like on a yeah. on a online forum, and um, like they're literally having a party at this massive venue that's like forty minutes from downtown on the Saturday night. Yeah. And it's gonna be a wild party. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I that's like. Probably, I shot my shot. I was like, like, can I, can I get a rezo yeah. for like two? I was like, no. <laughs> uh, maybe if your last name was Aaron Gregorio or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just... yeah. I'll, I'll I'll do uh I'll do Jov- Gregorini for the year, but, but for the weekend. No, it's it's definitely probably part because of the all the Italian heritage in that city too, and um it's just nice to see you know like uh we obviously like Ferrari Aaron. You're a huge Ferrari uh, or I guess. Just, Carlos fan, but also Ferrari fan as well. Yeah, it kind of makes me obviously like. Yeah, so um, you'll be right at home with the Tifosi, and uh, maybe we'll see some some flare action going off. I've never been to a, a soccer match like that, so yeah, that'll be my closest experience to like that kind of crowd and atmosphere. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, like for me, like obviously you you guys know, but uh, and I said it at the st- when we started this podcast, like I like Carlos when he was with McLaren, so yeah. like my heart's with McLaren, but I'm yeah. also like my heart's with Carlos, so. I'm not going to be, like, not getting Carlos merch because it's oh, a Ferrari. Exactly. Like, I'm still yeah. going to be, you know. Oh, and it's still a sick it. merch that you're going to get. And, and like, it's good. Like, what better team for your favorite driver to go to than, like, one yeah. of the most popular sports teams in the world? Uh, when you Literally, yeah. Probably one of the most recognizable brands ever. Yeah. So, it's going to be really exciting. I'm so excited to check out the merch. I feel like I'm going to get some cool sign stuff. So Yeah, I need to limit myself. Yeah, honestly. You got to put, like, a... 
You gotta like take you out some cash it. and be like, all right, this is my uh, merch some, budget. Merch you budget. One of those uh, those teenager debit cards that has a limit. Yes. What's what's that? You want to see Mido? Mido. 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 What? No. All in all, like we're get, we're fired up. It's it's. I feel like ever since we've started this podcast, we've been talking about um, going to the Canadian Grand Prix, and now this is our final episode before uh, we'll finally been there. So yeah. Oh, it feels so surreal. I feel like the. Uh, uh, like we're gonna have to take some time to like process it all and then record our review of it because yeah. like we might have to make like a two-hour podcast yeah. it like well, obviously depends is, what goes on but the thing is we're gonna have to relish every moment of it because yeah. it's gonna go by so quickly like it's a weekend mm-hmm. this has been this huge event that we've been looking forward to that's literally yeah. three days long so it's i mean i hate to say it but it's gonna go by before you know it we're yeah gonna, for sure before you know it, we're gonna be coming back to ottawa so um we we definitely have to make the most of it obviously there's going to be good and bad like it's just the nature of any sporting event this big uh things you just have to deal with but obviously well, it's just crazy to think like we only watch it ever like on the production of exactly you know f1 live f1 tv that kind of thing and sky sports but like at the end of the day you're right the the sessions are only like an hour an hour yeah. and a half like the race is what an hour and a half yeah like these things are gonna fly and you're not, by you're not getting like 10 15 angles of every overtake yeah, it's a yeah. different experience like you're going to see these cars these drivers in person you're gonna be breathing those fumes yeah yeah of the cars you're gonna be uh smelling the burning rubber hopefully i don't know maybe yeah maybe if, uh someone decides to go for a spin in our uh in our turn um obviously like we've said multiple times the city the atmosphere is gonna be insane like it's gonna be our first time being in a and there's gonna be so many f1 fans there obviously exactly. like, people like-minded yeah. uh obviously a lot of people who are probably gonna know a lot more than us like who've been fans of the sport for way longer that have seen a lot like Maybe not know more than us, but um, definitely have seen more like people who are probably who've probably been coming to this race for for like years and years. That, yeah. Uh, hopefully, we're gonna get to chat with as well. So. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be an immersive experience. Is the best way to put it, I think. Big time. We're gonna be right there. And different, it. right? Like yeah. You're, yeah. So you it's can't, gonna be different. It's it's just like um, the difference between watching anything on TV versus going to it live. I think obviously TV, the production quality, you can't argue it's much better. You get more more angles everything like that but if i had to pick between going to a live event and watching on tv i yeah. go to the event any day well especially it's like this is uh you know going back to what i said earlier like this is going to be a record-breaking weekend for yeah. canadian grand prix and we're going to get to be there and we're um you know we're going to get that experience we're going to now know after this weekend what it feels like to actually have been yeah. there and, and get that like different because you know this only happens once a year and it hasn't happened in three years yeah. it only happens once a year hockey games that we go to they happen all the time uh so it's going to be so different so yeah. cool and it's going to be like not just for f1 fans but for montreal as a city like um people coming out after obviously the, the race wasn't there for the past two years so yeah two years of being locked down and all that stuff and the other thing is you know i don't want to think negatively at all but you know the the race's contract is up in 2024 so if anything were to happen and you know for whatever reason this uh this um race wasn't continue. renewed like we would be one of the last attendees uh at the Canadian grand prix like yeah. i said we don't want to think like that and I'm i sure really don't think that'll happen it but... won't we, we saw today australia got extended till 2035 yeah and uh this is such a popular circuit with the fans it gets good viewers, the history, attendance, mm-hmm. the attendance, the drivers like it, the sponsorship. So I couldn't imagine it going anywhere, but you just have to relish these opportunities when they come. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and you'll never have another first time exactly. going. Yes. Like, you know, it's a Everyone Virginia. remembers their, Pop first, the cherry. their first hockey game. I remember my first Sens game. This is, it's never going to be the same after that. So yeah, 
Yeah, I wish I was saying to James uh, a couple weeks ago, like, I wish that feeling of like being a new F1 fan just never went away. Like I still feel it, yeah. but to a certain extent, like now that we're fans for a few years, it's when like- you, When you would have just believed anything the commentators said. Yeah, or like it, it was all just like, oh my God, this yeah. is so new. Yeah. Like, um, And again, like we're not trying to be experts on the sport by no. any means, but at the same time, like it's just, just, it just part of life, accurate. part of life. Yeah. yeah you learn. So we'll got to enjoy this first time ever going live because, you know, the, in- uh, we're look. We're gonna look at you know traveling to Europe probably and going to other Grand Prix, but this will be the first time we ever go to one. So, mm-hmm. uh, that being said, we have no idea what's gonna happen. We hope to see action. We hope to see a race with drama. And like we said earlier, hopefully they're just saving it all for Canada because the last few races have been a lot less dramatic than I think anyone would have liked and anyone would have guessed. So we're hoping for drama. We're hoping to say bonjour. Je m'appelle Dive Bomb Podcast <laughs> and uh, Je t'aime Formula One. <laughs> so uh, we will see you in Montreal if you're going. I'm Come find out. us. Come find us. And if you're not, make sure you check out our review that we'll be dropping uh, early next week after we get over the hangovers and uh, hanging out with our favorite drivers. And we will see you later. Au revoir. Au revoir.